Let's bring in our next guest to talk about that and lots more here on the state level. Missouri State Senator Curtis Trent at Curtis D. Trent on Twitter. Senator, good morning to you. Curtis, thanks for joining us once again on the program. Great to be here. So, you know, Curtis, uh, I, I ask you this as uh, a practicing lawyer and someone who respects law and order. I mean, I mean, Curtis, with this mountain of evidence that's building up against the Biden family, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we treated whistleblowers against the corruption in our government the same now as they were treated a couple of years ago when, uh, you know, lesser, lesser, less, lesser believed whistleblowers, let's say, were stepping forward to attack everybody in the Trump administration? It'd be nice if there was a level playing field in the law, wouldn't it be? Well, I mean, there's supposed to be a level playing field in the law, but, but that doesn't seem to be true for some time, particularly when it comes to uh, the Biden administration. You know, Tim, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, jarring how much evidence there is of corruption at, uh, at, at the presidential level here uh, has been going on for years, and, and, and I, how systematic it is you know it's a pattern of corruption it's not just like a one-off event it seems to be like a an ongoing and chronic uh series of behavior uh between the president his son and 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 who knows who else at this point and it is i, I it's unprecedented how it's been treated i don't think any other president in history would have been treated this way under uh under the same set of circumstances with the same body of evidence uh either either by the media or or even by by public reaction i mean there's a lot of us that are they're very concerned about this but uh you know it seems to be kind of met with a yawn uh in many in many places in broader society or maybe or maybe it's within expectation everybody knew that this was what they were getting and so mm. uh the the level of outrage is not what i would expect if this had occurred you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago. I mean, can you imagine if this had been uh, Bush or even or even Bill Clinton? Just to imagine sure. the outrage over over what Clinton did do, uh, which uh, <laughs> seems to pale in comparison to what what Biden has has uh, allegedly done here. Well, it sure does. And and Curtis, that's an interesting that's an interesting analysis of the situation. And and you're right; it's kind of hard to tell because Curtis. The, for those who would be shocked by this, they've kind of known about this, right? We've, t we've, we've talked about it for at least two years. We've talked about what was in the Hunter Biden laptop. We've talked about the Biden Burisma scheme. So everybody who's kind of on in our philosophical wavelength is kind of like, well, yeah, uh, welcome to the party. Those of you over at CNN and MSNBC who are finally discovering this allegedly for the first time. I guess, Curtis, my question is, <clears throat> unlike in 2020, where there was a media effort to suppress this evidence. I mean, for God's sake, they actually censored the oldest newspaper in the country, the New York Post. The New York Post was not allowed to publish its story about the Hunter Biden laptop, which has to deal with all these things you and I just discussed uh, back in 2020 because it was called Russian disinformation. Well, now we know that that wasn't true, that everything on the laptop is Hunter's. It is his information. It does involve his family. So now, Curtis, none of it's being suppressed. People can kind of make up their minds for themselves now. Do you think now that the veneer has been pulled back and people are not being told that this is fake news, that it is what it is, whether it's being covered by most of the media or not, is this going to affect the, the electorate going in the next year? Or is it too early to tell? 
Uh, I think it's it's still a little too early to tell. I mean, ironically, right now uh, President Trump has been punished more for the crimes of of, of the of Biden, you know, with the impeachment than uh, than uh, uh, than what than what has happened to the Biden so far. But <clears throat> I, I think it's still a little too early to tell because we haven't really seen the reaction. I do think this is different though. Uh, because, as you pointed out, the media was a willing accomplice in suppressing uh, public knowledge of of, uh, of the evidence that existed, and now they're no longer doing that, uh, which strikes me as strange. And you, it almost makes you wonder if they're not trying to uh, – this isn't uh, the Democrat Party trying to pressure Biden to not run for a second term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that is uh, – I think that is definitely possibly part and parcel of it as well uh curtis can you um can you hang on for another segment i want to definitely get into some more state level issues and what you're up to in the interim so on and so forth as we approach uh you know the midway point of the year yeah absolutely i can hang on for one more segment okay that would be fantastic i want to talk some state level politics public policy Folks, even though the legislature is not in session, folks like uh, Senator Trent are very busy uh, in the interim preparing, uh, helping constituents out, dealing with interim committees and activities, and, yeah, preparing for next year. Bill filing opens December 1st. It's actually right around the corner. We are going to continue our conversation with Missouri State Senator Curtis Trent about all of those things and more when we return. You can follow him in the meantime at Curtis D. Trent on Twitter at Curtis D. Trent on Twitter. When we get to the 8 o'clock hour, we'll have Tim's Top 3, Part 3. We'll talk to Dennis Ganahl of Mo Tax Relief Now and lots more. Thanks for joining us here on Wake Up Springfield. Curtis Trent, continue our conversation with us next after Don Luzader's Traffic You Need to Know at 93.3 AM 560, the new KWTO. And welcome back to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. It is already 7.48 in the AM here on a fantastic Friday. It's going to be Wonderful weather-wise, Don and the rest of us spoke with Jeff from AccuWeather around 620. It's going to be, man, Don, what, highs in the 70s today? Say it is. Yeah. Well, say it is so. Je- yeah. Well, it is so because Jeff pretty much guaranteed us that, there's, uh, that we're not going to be able to get out of the 70s today. Mm-hmm. He, he would be shocked if we did. Folks, enjoy it. It's going to be mid-80s over the weekend. And then I think we're going to have a return to summertime uh, scorcher. Uh, over the next few weeks it looks like early august is going to be rather hot and you know what 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 else would you expect here in the heartland and then it looks like later august might cool off that's the long long range forecast things can definitely change but we may have some century days ahead of us but we haven't had too many of them and we've gotten a lot of rain in the meantime which is really good all right back to the subject matter of the program we were discussing before we took a break there missouri state senator curtis trent is on the line with us Senator, uh, much to the chagrin of uh, many people, uh, might be the fact that even though the legislative session ended in May, government does not completely shut down. Some people probably wish that was so. But uh, in all seriousness, is Curtis, um, there's a lot of things that happen in the interim. Are, are you part and parcel of any uh, – are there any interim committees or anything you're working on? Or what in general have you been up to over the last couple months? Not so many interim committees uh, for me, although those do, those do go on and um – and of course, I'm I'm part of committees like the uh, like regulatory oversight committee that could meet at any time if uh, if there were a need uh, to uh, to meet. Uh, but there is a lot that goes on uh, to prepare for next session and and craft legislation. Uh, you know, we don't just write it down on a piece of paper December first and and put it in the hopper. At least you shouldn't. 
it, it should be a, a product of, of um, you know, a long period of time of, of thought and research. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that I want to work on is tax policy uh, in the state. Uh, last session, I proposed several uh, tax cut bills uh, uh, surrounding the sales tax in Missouri, and and uh, and it's all part of a of a long term um, uh, uh, plan uh, that I would like to see our state transition away from the income tax entirely. You know, mm-hmm. Tim, we, we talk about as Republicans, we often talk about the the level of taxation, how much that we're being taxed. And I think everyone probably knows at this point that when you tax too much, you hurt economic growth. But what we don't talk about as much is that uh, the way that you collect taxes also impacts economic growth. And the income tax is one of the most destructive taxes, uh, the most destructive ways that you can raise money because you're taxing productivity. And productivity is what we want to encourage. Um, so Missouri is heavily dependent on the income tax for its sources of revenue, and so it's going to be a long process uh, if we want to transition from the income tax to different forms of taxes that are less damaging to our economy. Yeah, Curtis, you and I have had this discussion many times, but explain to our listeners why the income tax, why a statewide income tax is like the worst way to run a railroad. I mean, Curtis, we've got at least nine states that I'm aware of that have zero income tax. Many of those are doing so much better than Missouri when you think of Florida, Texas, Tennessee, and so many others. Uh, states around us, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds up in Iowa, she's an aggressive tax cutter. Sarah Huckabee Sanders on our, on our other border down here in Arkansas, she has already started cutting taxes. So Curtis, if we don't keep up, we're going to be left behind because the income tax, Curtis, isn't that like the worst way to try to uh, uh, make sure you support state revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Because what you what you do is you tell your workers the more money you earn, i.e., the more productive you are, the more uh, you know economic activity you engage in, the more we're going to tax you. Uh, and so at some point, it's just it discourages people from going out and working more hours, from you know getting a, a higher paying job, from you know, starting a, a business where they're going to earn more income uh, because the the uh, the amount of work that they have to put into earning that income is uh, it doesn't isn't justified by the amount of money that they ultimately get to take home after they pay uh, the income tax. It also really discourages capital formation in society. You know, if you have an, if you have, if you don't have an income tax, you're incentivized to save. Uh, money and and use that for investments, either investing in yourself through more education, investing in a business that you start, or even just uh, putting it in in savings, investing it in banks and stock markets that creates the the nest nest egg of capital that we need to uh, further expand our economy. Mm-hmm. Curtis, uh, doesn't crime need to continue to be a top concern of the legislature? I mean, look, even here in Springfield, as urban areas uh, grow, for whatever reason, Kurt, well, I think there's a lot of reasons, and we can that's a longer discussion. Let's just say that the statistics show that as urban areas grow, crime increases. And Curtis, we can't continue to ignore the explosion of crime in St. Louis and Kansas City, right? Because that affects the economy of our state as a whole. Y'all had a huge crime bill. It didn't quite make it across the finish line. But Curtis, just because Kim Gardner, the Soros-funded prosecutor in St. Louis, is gone, doesn't mean that the crime uh, problems disappeared with her, right? No, I mean, it, obviously, uh, part of the problem was that you had a you had a prosecutor that was not, not doing their job, uh, but that's not 
the only problem. I mean, it's uh, the crime is an issue across the country, uh, and and crime, uh, you know, acts as a as a real drag on the economy. And of course, uh, the personal toll that is extracted from the victims of crime. Uh, you know, crime falls very unevenly on society. If you're a victim of crime, the the crime tax is 100 percent, so to speak. If you're if you're not a victim of crime, then you're not suffering from that directly. But uh, you're the damage that that does to your community, uh, the damage it does to your friends and neighbors and family members uh, is, um, you know, is, is not something that can be easily calculated. And it's and it's the first. Uh, duty of government to protect uh, people's uh, safety, prevent crime. You can't fully enjoy your freedoms as an American if you are beset with crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And dovetailing into that, Curtis, would be issues of education, right? And uh, if 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 you don't do something about the crime situation and the education system in our urban and suburban and even exurban areas, you're kind of resigning kids to an, a never-ending circle of failure aren't you yeah you know taxation and crime are 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 issues that really strike at uh, immediacy education is an issue that goes to our future uh, we have to have uh, opportunities uh, for young people to be able to get the education they need to uh, not only to engage in the economy but also to be self-governing citizens uh, to understand what uh, our how our government is structured and and kind of the user's manual for our government so that our freedoms uh, that have been passed down to us by our ancestors that were secured by the founding fathers at, at great personal expense that those freedoms are not lost and so you know ed- education is, uh, is is an is an issue of fundamental importance uh, and and the only way in my mind that you're actually going to have a robust education system that works for every student is with education freedom uh you have to you have to let parents and kids uh have the opportunity to get to to uh have to to compete uh out there for for their business uh so just like with any other service that we provide uh in our economy competition makes it better and that's true of education too could not agree more with you on that point curtis uh, by the way, folks, speaking to Senator Curtis Trent, we're wrapping up our conversation with him this morning. Senator, how can folks get a hold of you? How can your constituents reach out to you with their concerns, with their ideas for the next legislative session as we roll through the rest of the summer and early fall here in the heartland? Well, they can find me on social media at Curtis D. Trent on Twitter, Curtis Trent Mo uh, on Facebook. And then, of course, they can go to the uh, Senate website. Uh, senate.mo.gov and there's ways to sign up for a newsletter to email call um, quite easy to get a hold of always want to hear uh, from uh, folks back home uh, about uh, issues that are facing the community and and how uh, we can be helpful mm, fantastic indeed that is senator curtis trent at curtis d trent on twitter senator good luck to you and all your meetings uh in and around the district today and this weekend and we'll look forward to speaking with you again soon Thank you, Tim. It's great being here. Have a good weekend.